This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. Tommy's giving it a wave, even though you can't see it. You felt it in your ears, did you not, audio wonderful people there that are consuming this podcast right now? Tommy, we are going to be talking about drivers under pressure. We sure are. Uh, And there's quite a few of them. Four of the 20 drivers uh, we've picked out here and... I think that's a quite a big percentage of the grid when they're you know meant to be the best in the world, and four I'd say have had not the best seasons to say the least. Yeah, so we're about a third of the way through the season, and twenty percent of the grid is what we're going to be talking about today. Four of them that we particularly think are are washed. Uh, which for those of you that don't know, washed is actually bad in this sense. So let's see if firstly. We think whether or not they're, they're going to get binned off. And we'll also rate it out of 10, won't we, Tommy, about how likely it will be. One being, nah, no chance. 10 being, see you later, mate. We love a 1 to 10 grade. F1 Look, to 10. It's easy Branding. to digest content. Yeah. Now, before we get into it, let's share a five-star review. This one comes in from Travel Guy 36 from the USA. If you want yours read out, please leave us a review. Let us know why. Give us that big, fat five stars. It really does help us a lot if you do enjoy this podcast. So this one comes in from Travel Guy 36. Around 6,000 years ago, humanity invented the wheel. <laughs> and for the overwhelming majority of the time since, this was largely seen as a marvellous idea. Matt and Tommy have brought this unchallenged reputation its first hurdle. Are the sermons of these two British gents worth the millennia of progress as a result of this rotund innovation? The answer is, of course, yes. And I wouldn't rather get my wheel knowledge <laughs> from anywhere else. I had no idea where that was going um i didn't know if he was saying we were reinventing the wheel but no it was about wheel knowledge that is that's the greatest review in terms of creativity i think i've ever seen i love it uh i had to throw that one in there that was great thank you no thank you so much travel guy 36 that was that was brilliant keep your reviews coming in uh we love to see it now we asked you on social media which driver is at most at risk uh, of losing their seat in 2023. And we're going to go through your suggestions and comments. So the first one, Lance Stroll. So this comes in from O'Quilt. And they say, yes, very unlikely considering his dad's role. However, looking at it on paper, Stroll is really holding Aston Martin back this year when you compare what Alonso is able to get out of the car. And another one from at you better Leggett. Leggett. In a fair world, it would be Lance Stroll. But the race pace and qualifying gap to Alonso is just unacceptable. But we all know that's not going to happen. So Lancey Poo, is he at risk? Um... I've given this a three out of 10 uh, in terms of likelihood. One being no chance, 10 being 100% going to happen. There is a small chance that Lawrence Stroll wakes up one day and goes, maybe this ain't worth it. Maybe my son's success is not going to happen here. 
that I can still be successful as the father. But the majority of me thinks the only reason he's in Formula One is to live vicariously through Lance Stroll. So that's why I've given it a three, because I don't think it's completely impossible, but very unlikely. Yeah, my answer's going to change based on, like, the question is during this season. So if we're saying during this season, I'm going to give it a one because I don't think he's going to lose his seat this season. I don't think there's any chance he's going to lose this season. I think the question's going to be later on, maybe, you know, that that could happen um, because, you know, we're hearing a lot of, I've, I've seen a lot of people recently talk about, you know, Lawrence is a businessman and, you know, there's a lot of people investing in Aston Martin and he owns Aston Martin now and they need success. And I think at the moment, I think Lance is fine because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's not particularly anyone waiting in the wings at that Aston Martin seat. You're not, it's not like a Perez where, you know, they've got Daniel Ricciardo on the sidelines and everyone's like, oh, Daniel Ricciardo. If Lance Stroll is out, you know, it's Felipe Drogovic with the greatest of respect, you know, 1F2, good driver, but he's not like an elite driver that's jumping into that seat alongside Alonso and going to score loads more points. So... How do you know I, it? How do you know? Well, Paul just... Uh, you if know. you listen to Felipe, I, I back you. I back you. <laughs> well, I think you'd do. I think you'd do well, but I'm not talking about like... Would he do better you know, than Lance? He may well do. Um, the way Lance is driving at the moment, uh, you never know. But I think... When it comes to the end of the season, I mean, at the moment, Lance is, what, 80 points off Alonso, I think, or something ridiculous. You know, comes to the end of the season, Lance is 150, 200 points behind Fernando Alonso. Then the pressure really ramps up because say we get to the end of the season as well and these Aston Martin upgrades that they're hyping up, you know, Red Bull, uh, maybe, you know, they've got four dead birds in their car every race and Aston Martin have caught up they're going to go into that new season with a genuine chance and Lance could cost them the constructors title. And that's when Lawrence has to make that really big decision of, you know, of course I want my son to be in formula one and be successful, but he's holding back my business and that, and that team. And, you know, there's going to be sponsors, investors, everything putting pressure on that because Lance could end up costing them. (laughs) So the reason I went for three rather than one, because you said you know, no chance, uh, you don't become a billionaire without being ruthless. And I think even, even his own son, if it is holding him back from success, there will be a, there will be a thought in his brain that goes, well, how do I rectify this? I've got Fernando Alonso firing on all cylinders, perhaps even more cylinders that's allowed in Formula One, and they're actually going to get disqualified at the end of the season. Who knows? There is a genuine chance this is just a glory run. But <laughs> we'll wait and see how the cost cap tops it all up at the end. But, yeah, I just think that there is that small inkling where maybe Lawrence just snaps and goes, nope, Fernando Alonso is now my son. I've adopted him, and uh, we, we will get a different driver in. <laughs> you predicted Charles Leclerc goes to Aston Martin at 2026. I think, I think maybe that, that happen go, now. Maybe that happens sooner. Who yeah. knows? I could see Charles being in, in a couple of years if Ferrari keep going the way they are. Lance carries on, you know, he did. Apparently, uh, Charles followed Aston Martin on uh, social media, which, as Ooh. we know from F1 Twitter, that means 100% confirmed that he's going there. Sarcasm. Um, but look, I think when they get that car, that Aston Martin, for me, are the biggest team that are like really making leaps forward. And there will be one stage, hopefully, where they are challenging for a title, wins, and they can't have someone holding them back even if it is the owner's son so look 
I'll, it's a difficult one, but I'll pose a question to you. Do you think Lawrence has we'll underestimated? Get in the car and drive. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that would be good, wouldn't it? We'd love to see that. Would he do better than Lance did in Monaco? Maybe. <laughs> um, but do you think Lawrence maybe underestimated just how good Fernando Alonso is? Because he put world champions, you know, I think Lance did all right against Vettel. Maybe Vettel was winding down his career. He knew he was going to retire. Um, yes, I know Vettel fans will jump on that sometimes he didn't have the best strategy and all this kind of stuff. But Alonso is absolutely wiping the floor with him. So you can't really argue that, you know, they're sabotaging Alonso or anything like that. He's he's absolutely annihilating him. And I don't know if Lawrence thought, you know, Lance can learn from this amazing driver if he is on par with Fernando Alonso, everyone's going to think he's the absolute amazing, like Lance is amazing. And the opposite's happened where it could, you know, we're, we're discussing the fact that it's, he's getting replaced, which has that backfired massively signing Fernando Alonso for him. I don't think so. I think at the end of the day, Lance has a seat. He's at the table. He's not particularly eating at the moment this season compared to Fernando. But at the same time, Lawrence still wants to be successful. So, you know, there is, I'm sure, partly an ego there. And as I say, you don't become a billionaire without being ruthless and, and having an ego and so on and so forth. So I, I think it's more a case of Lance. Try and swim, if you can, against Fernando Alonso. You're probably not going to lose your seat anyway, mate. But, you know, try and do the stroll family name justice. And, you know, it worked with Vettel, as you say. It was, you know, reasonably comparable. Um, but yeah, Fernando... Maybe it was a step too far if uh, we're, we're talking about Lance not getting washed. Um, but yeah, I think uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds. Does he start to get a little bit annoyed when Lance makes more mistakes over the course of the year, or does Lance start to pick up again? Spain was a, a, hopefully not an, an anomaly for him uh, in terms of a performance. So uh, so we shall see, won't we, Tommy? We will. It's a, it's going to be fascinating end of the year if Alonso, and he could well do does beat him by 200 points then this conversation will ramp up you know even more um and look uh it's gonna it would take we said it would take some kind of miracle for lance to lose his seat uh, and that miracle might well be fernando alonso okay let's move on now to our next driver nick de vries so a suggestion at crit rtv and they said de vries is the correct answer here a decorated and seasoned open-wheel driver not at all performing. I could see Nick out, Daniel in, happening. Hello, someone predicted that at the start of the year. Come on, Crit, let's go. Also, it's Red Bull. It's what they do. This is coming from an RBR fan. And another uh, suggestion at one tweet for mankind. Probably Nick DeVries. They brought him on because they were losing Gasly and they didn't have a junior driver they were crazy about to see if he might have some crazy unseen potential. He's not doing well and there are Red Bull juniors waiting. Tommy, go with your rating first. Uh, I will say an 8 out of 10 for for this happening, um, mainly because, you know, of all the drivers, this one seems the most likely. There are people, like um, the person said beforehand, waiting in the wings. Um, There's so many reasons why I think De Vries could lose his seat, not, not just because he's not driving particularly well, but, you know, the person in charge of of all these drivers in the Red Bull stable is Helmut Marko. And Helmut Marko has maybe been a little less ruthless than he used to be. Look look what happened with Sonoda. 
um, they kind of backed him a bit more than they normally would and he's now performing quite well but Nick DeVries didn't come from the Red Bull Junior program and I do wonder if there's part of Helmut Marco that's like you know what this just shows that actually my decision's the best decision and we should hire Red Bull Juniors um, because this guy's not doing very well and now there are Red Bull Juniors doing well and waiting in the wings um, I think Helmut Marco will probably step in uh, if DeVries maybe crashes another two or three times, maybe summer break. We've seen it before. I'm going to give it a nine out of 10 uh, in terms of possibility of Nick DeVries losing his seat this season. If he continues on the way that, you know, on the path that he is right now, there's, there's no reason to keep him on. He had to at least be on the same level as Sonoda, if not better for him to, uh, to, to keep a seat, in my opinion. He's very much you know, going against the tide, as you say. He's not from the Red Bull Academy. We, they've got juniors waiting. They've got Liam Lawson, who is obviously doing incredibly well in, in pretty much everything that he's driving at the moment. Um, uh, and it's, it's just one of those where there's so much pressure on Nick DeVries. He had to genuinely take all of that on after you know, everyone's expectations were quite high after, Willi- uh, after that Williams performance at Monza. I don't think it really has turned out the way that some people were expecting. I think we were a little bit more... Well, I was a lot more cautious about that. You were like, hey, he's going to beat Sonoda this season, mate. Uh, That's not clearly working out for him at the moment. But yeah, the the Red Bull programme has always been very much... If you're not performing, you're out. uh, Apart from, as you say, Sonoda, but I feel as though the Honda deal very much helped him stay in that seat for maybe longer than perhaps Red Bull would have had him for. and And it's worked out beautifully for Yuki. I don't see it happening for De Vries. I don't think they'll have that patience. Um, so that's why it's a nine. Although I don't think it'll be Daniel Ricciardo that, that comes in for him. As much as I'd love to see it, realistically, it, it, it will probably be Liam Lawson, in my opinion. Um, or Ayumu Iwasa is obviously doing very well in Formula 2 as well. So, yeah, it's... De Vries is going to have to start beating Sonoda almost immediately, I'd say, because it's not as if they wait till the end of the season, then make the decision. It will be middle of the season, cut off time. Sorry, mate, you've not performed uh, because they want to get everything in, in place, don't they? Yeah, they've done it before mid-season. They've done some very savage mid-season driver swaps before. And, you know, Red Bull are brutal, but you've got to think that if De Vries carries on the way he is, this one would be justified because... If I'm a Red Bull junior driver, particularly Lawson, who's performing extremely well, winning in other things, you'd be like, well, why have they got this guy? And he's not even, you know, part of the Red Bull junior team and he's not even performing very well. So I can understand, you know, the frustration from there. I think it'll be Lawson as well uh, if they do. Uh, for me, Daniel Ricciardo, he said that he'd go to Alpha Tauri now just so he could make that step up to Red Bull again. I don't know. I just can't. I still can't see it happening. Like um, from that side, uh, give him a race. Give him one race. Just, 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 for, just for our own satisfaction. And then he gets smashed by Sonoda, and we're like, oh god, okay. <laughs> yeah, imagine. Um, and then I think Awasa, a bit like what you said with 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 Yuki. Now the Honda deal is winding down. They're probably not going to be as, you know, he's performing well, but like. I think if they were, if Red Bull was still with Honda for another five, six, seven years, then Iwasa would be a really good choice because they do take that in, into consideration. But um, I think Lawson uh, is is the most likely likely person, and you could see it uh, when we get into that um, summer break because 
look, if DeVries isn't beating Sonoda anytime soon, then what savage, but what is he offering? Like he's not got he's not got a lot of he's a bit older than a lot of juniors as well. So you could kind of argue that, you know, it's not even like he's a nineteen year old that, you know, give him a chance like they did with Max and other drivers. So yeah, it doesn't make sense to keep him. And another thing I'd argue as well is that because it's AlphaTauri, we're not talking about an Alban losing his seat in, at Red Bull or, or things like that. And because AlphaTauri are, are pretty washed this season in terms of performances, they haven't got anything really to lose. If they're genuinely going, ah, you know, De Vries is going to be out this season. He's not been, you know, where we expected him to be. Why not just at the end of the season, but why would they not maybe entertain that during the summer break and go, look, let, let's give Lawson a run out earlier, see what he can do. Um, maybe he'll have a few crashes along the way, but they can at least assess the potential. Um, but, you know, compared to Vries and, and Lawson, even that, that these are things that they, with having a second team, they have that flexibility to be able to, to do these kinds of things. Obviously there are contractual obligations and things that perhaps Red Bull would have to sever and um, compensate for if they, if they do get rid of De Vries. But look, they're winning in the Red Bull team. They've got a lot of cash. Uh, I'm sure that's something they could entertain uh, if they wanted. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Let's now move to our next driver, unfortunately, who is uh, under pressure in our eyes. And it's Logan Sargent. This comes in from at Trevor underscore SP22. Unpopular opinion, but Logan Sargent, not sure how unpopular that is. Despite being a rookie, he struggled tremendously and Albon has destroyed him. I love that he's American, but he just can't get a grip on the car. So I have gone for a five out of 10 for Logan Sargent. I'm sort of middle of the road, obviously not sort of done any kind of performances that make you sit up and take note. Albon, as Trevor says here, has destroyed Logan. And to be honest, some of it you could say is expected with Logan. It's his rookie season and so on. But there have been rookies in the past that have done a lot better. And you have gone, okay, all right. I mean, I would argue even Piastri, I've sort of sat up a little bit. Not fully. I'm not fully. I was about to say a word that would definitely be. uh, I'm not fully slouched, but not the other way as well. Um, you're you're but, in the middle of the the uh, the FIFA meme with the person up. FIFA sitting up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not fully controller. sitting up, and you know, really, you know. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. Um, but but yeah, back to Logan. 
he has that American tie, which I think we kind of played down a little bit. Oh, you know, if he's not winning, then who cares? It doesn't really matter if, you know, you've got an American driver at the back of the grid. But I still feel like there is something to be gained from that. Um, But again, it kind of comes back to, is there anyone really waiting in the wings? Uh, You've obviously got a few drivers that perhaps will take that step down uh, to come back to Formula One. Daniel Ricciardo, you never know how desperate he might be to to go back, get back into Formula One. Um, But and then Mick Schumacher as well. Let's not forget that, uh, who has perhaps Toto Wolff is trying to get him back into that Williams seat. And of course, there is a Mercedes tie as well. Tommy, your phone's gone off. So that is now a rule of letting us all know what that ding was and uh, give us full information about it. Uh, it's my mum saying her plane is delayed 20 minutes because she's coming to visit. So, oh, is she coming on the pod? Yeah. Uh, the, why not? Yeah, cool. Sounds okay, good. perfect. All right. Well, let her know to hurry up because <laughs> we're nearly done. <laughs> but yes, Logan Sargent, what do you think, Tommy? I'm going to go for a 7 out of 10 then for, for Logie Sarge. Um, I think at the end of the season, he's going to be under a lot of pressure if he's not, you know, still not performing against Albon. Of course, he doesn't have the uh, the upgrades yet. But even when he was on a level playing field, you can argue, you know, he's still a rookie and Albon's got a bit more experience. But, you know, I expected a bit a bit more from him. He should be uh, a lot closer to, to Alex Albon. Alex Albon's having a great season. He's a brilliant driver. But is he like, is he like, you know, incre- he's not Fernando Alonso, is he, with the greatest respect to Alex Albon? No, and, and also I just want to quickly... Um... He said you expected more from him this season. I just want to go back to our predictions for this year. And what 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 did you label that he would be? A P20 merchant. (laughs) Technically, he hasn't finished P20 every time, so he has exceeded your expectations from the predictions video. Thanks to the DNFs. But um, (laughs) no, I I mean, I say he's like I expected more from him. Obviously, you know, against album. To be fair. I thought that Williams was going to be the worst car by a mile and Albon's shown that yeah. that's not the case. So, so the differential now, between the yeah. two drivers you thought was going to be a bit closer. Yeah, because yeah. I think I, I may have even put Albon like 19th, I can't remember, in the championship. I think it was 18th thought, maybe. Oh, I think you, yeah. were, you, were a bit, you were generous. You were like, I was 18th. generous. Yeah. So look, I think um, Logan, yeah, needs to step up his game. And a little disagreement I will say is that I think you mentioned about the whole American thing. Maybe I've not paid enough attention, but I don't think there's been a lot of hype around him other than maybe just banter memes about what the F is a kilometre and all that kind of stuff and eagle emojis and all that kind of stuff. But in terms of actual, you know, seeing him at a race and, oh, there's loads more American fans now because there's an American driver, I don't really see it. And I'd argue that I actually don't really know anything about Logan Sargent. Like, you know, we see drivers come in and immediately they're, you know, chatty and you learn loads about them and like, oh, cool, who's this guy, blah, blah, blah. Um, Logan's just gone a bit under the radar. And maybe that is because he's finishing 16th and 17th, so there's not a lot to talk about. But, um, yeah, there's not there's not been that much hype around the fact that, you know, we've got an American on the grid again, in my opinion. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think it's more from a Williams perspective, perhaps. I just see it from a sponsors uh, and things like that you know the american market they might want to back an american driver even if they aren't doing that well there is obviously that tie and, and so on and so forth but yeah uh it's not been I, I don't know anything about logan sergeant really either it's he has as you say been very very quiet on that he thing. is Ma- american 
Yeah, but I mean, perhaps perhaps it was his choice. Maybe he doesn't want Maybe. to shout about mm. himself just yet and wants to do the talking on the track. Okay, we now go to our final driver, Sergio Perez. So this comes from at SS Ray. Perez, to clarify, I don't think he's the worst, but Rebel are not known for being easy on underperforming drivers. And his last three races have been terrible. What do you rate it, Tommy? Uh, end of the year, I'd say maybe a three or four gonna go for a three out of ten i think this all depends on how good that red bull is at the end of the season because we've said this so many times when we're talking about it that you know if that red bull is absolutely clear of the field then perez doesn't really matter you know he's going to finish second or third in the title you can argue if he finishes third it's a he's underperformed but then they'll still win the constructors title because of max and then him you know and sergio getting uh, a decent amount of points if not spectacular so if aston martin catch up mercedes ferrari you know you never know if they do catch up then perez is under pressure because he could be costing them the title max needs a rear gunner because i don't want to say sit here and say that perez has been um you know, worse than what Gasly and Albon did. But I think if he carries on the way he is, you've, you've got to think, you know, you've got to put into perspective that when Albon and Gasly were in that Red Bull against Max, Max was finishing third. And then when they were, you know, in the race, they were finishing 11th, 8th, 12th, whatever, because the midfield was really close. Whereas now Perez has a bad race and it's like fifth, six because the car is so good um so i think this clearly not good enough though to secure p2s and threes like bottas did well exactly um so that's why i think he'd be under pressure if people catch up um if not he's a kind of safe pair of hands that's not challenging max uh and it's just going to help max walk to the title every year if, if they're that good Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to go with a one. I am categorically confident that Sergio Perez will be at Red Bull next year. Um, they are, in my opinion, still streaks ahead, at least uh, with uh, using Max Verstappen uh, as your, your front gunner. Uh, it's, I just don't see it them really closing up the gap. I still think Max Verstappen has a little bit in the locker um, compared to the other teams around him. And I also wonder who Red Bull would actually put in that seat when you actually look at all the second drivers that have come into that Red Bull um, uh, team Daniel Ricciardo is probably the last person to have really actually extracted something from that Red Bull so why would Red Bull risk putting another driver in that they, they don't know it's a coin toss as to whether they're going to be able to get their head around the Red Bull uh, philosophy Perez right now he's not the ideal number two but he's he's won this year He's he's got it at some points. He's got the confidence, not all the time. That's why he can't challenge for the championship. But Red Bull, I don't know why they would ruffle Max Verstappen's feathers as well. Why would they potentially bring a driver in that Max might not get on with as well? Those two get on very well. I'm sure Max likes him as well because there is not really any challenge over the course of a year. Uh, yeah. and, and that's what, you know, Hamilton loved about Bottas, I'm sure, is that they never saw them as a threat, really. And that helps that number one driver in the team to thrive even more because the whole team is around them. So no, one, Perez will be in next, there next year. Unless he bins it in every single race from here to the end of the season, Sergio's got a, a safe uh, a safe slot for next year, in my opinion. 
Yeah, it's going to be. I think the the other argument is that you know when we're talking about AlphaTauri and how the last few years they've not had a Red Bull Junior to like slot into the AlphaTauri, then they certainly don't have one that's going to slot into the top team. Um, so it's re- it's really weird the Red Bull situation at the moment that they went from having so many drivers to the point where you're like, oh, how has De Costa not even got an F1 drive in a Toro Rosso or whatever, um, to now to the point where they're almost like trying to find someone, which is absolutely crazy. And look, Daniel Ricciardo, there's a lot of talk, you know, because he's there in his Red Bull stuff and he's sat on the sidelines. But I don't know. I just... I think he would be a risk as well because of what happened at McLaren. And uh, I think he is just enjoying taking that year out uh, and for him to go in and pile all that pressure on him again, I think would, would not be good for him as well. So yeah, it's um, Perez uh, is in quite a good position that he's driving an extremely good car and uh, there's, they don't really want him to beat Max. Nope, absolutely not. Um, I'd love to see Danny Ricciardo, of course, get that opportunity at Red Bull as well, but I can't see it happening um, because, as you say, it's the same risk of not knowing uh, how how he's going to perform. And, and if, if Red Bull have it locked locked away, why would they change things? We were speaking about Bottas as well previously. Uh, is Bottas good enough? Yada, you know, in that period of domination. But Mercedes signed him every year because... They didn't need to change it. If they've got a dominant car and they're winning nearly every race, they've won 18 of the last 19 races, why would you think about changing it? It doesn't matter who wins. Well, it does matter for them. They want Verstappen to win. But yeah. you know, if, as long as they're winning races, it doesn't really matter. But Jesus, is Perez making Bottas look like the perfect number two the driver? Goat. And actually, yeah. like, you totally understand. You know, It was annoying as a fan to watch Hamilton dominate and Bottas only turn up for five races but at least it was five races not one street circuit a year and then a bit rubbish so look Bottas yeah fair fair play like him getting on the podium all the time and stuff it makes him look quite good now uh, how (laughs) Perez is performing in in a car that is supposedly you know as dominant as as the Mercedes back in the day Absolutely. Um, but let's see. I mean, Perez could bring it back. He has shown um, points this season. We were even speaking, can he challenge for the title? And now look at us. It's, it's crazy how, how things can change so quickly in Formula One. Uh, we actually put a vote out. Uh, which of these drivers do you think is most likely to lose their seat this season? Uh, 32,000 of you uh, voted and 77% of you voted for Nick De Vries as the uh, most likely. 11% Logan Sargent, 9% Sergio Perez and 3% Lance Stroll. I can guarantee that part is not based on performance, but based on his father. So, Tommy, that is pretty much it. This has been a very hot recording session. My goodness me, I need to turn my fan on immediately. Don't even know why I bothered showering. Final thoughts, please. Final thoughts are, I'm warm. And yeah, this, well, thanks uh, so much. And sorry, sorry to the video, uh, the editor that has to <laughs> chop up. Yeah, this has been the most <laughs> choppy podcast we've ever done. My goodness <laughs> me. Normally, we're like, we are genuinely, we do it like... One take, one, one take, and we're fine. Um, and you don't really have to cut out, cut out much. But oh my god, we we are takes. two very British um, people that can't handle more than twenty degree heat. Absolutely not. Well, that is my final thoughts as well. I need hydration immediately. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching and listening. Uh, let us know in the comments section below what you or who you think the uh, the driver will be to lose their seat this season, if anybody. Uh, and we'll see you very soon for another piece of content. 
Bye. Bye. P1 is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be right. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) This was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, (laughs) you, you were different. Like you were real different. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.